Hello and happy Monday to you guys. It is a beautiful day, as you two would say. Welcome to another episode of I Could Never Be, the show that allows you to achieve the same type of success of the actors, athletes, musicians, people in business that we place on pedestals every single day. And today, we have one of those actors joining us. You can catch him on the Cinemax series, Strike Back. You will also catch him next year in A Wrinkle in Time, starring opposite of Chris Pine, Reese Witherspoon, so many others. But just this weekend, his movie Generational Sins premiered in select theaters. Please help me welcome Daniel McPherson. Hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing, brother? Nice to see you. How's things? I love, their things are great. And awesome. I, I, how many people compliment you on the accent every single, like, when yeah. I'm in America, a lot. Yeah, when yeah, I'm back home, yeah. not many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, thank you. I have the feeling, you know, a lot of people, when they think Australia, they think, you know, you grew up in, like, Sydney area. I did, yep. And people think either, like, Sydney, they think, like, the beach, or they think yeah. the outback. And that's, yep. there, there are three things they think of in Australia. Yep. How correct is that? Is, is any of that, like, where you grew yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. I grew up uh, a mile from the beach, so I grew up. Uh, after school every day going swimming and surfing and, and stuff down the beach you know I was a beach kid and then subsequently everywhere I've lived pretty much around the world has been has been by a by an ocean now did you time it that way or did it just the blessings that you just bestowed to live in those areas <laughs> uh, I've been I've been very fortunate I've been very lucky but um I go I go a little bit crazy when I'm not near an ocean but so what's uh, the wildest like adventure thing you've ever done Oh wow! Uh, I've I've done. I mean, my background before I was acting was 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 sports and athletics. Yeah. So I used to race Ironman triathlons. Uh, probably the craziest one would be a, a three day adventure race through the Tasmanian wilderness, uh, which which was uh, the island, the, the big, biggest island off the south of Australia in, in yeah. Bass Strait. Basically, the only thing between Australia and and Antarctica. Yeah. And um, and it was a three day off road running, uh, mountain biking. Uh, kayaking, uh, sort of 12 hours a day going nuts. And so that was, I wow. did that, yeah, with, with another Australian who was a Formula One car driver called Mark Webber. Uh, and we did that as a two man team. And Mark actually crashed and broke his leg on the bike and we had to get him heli lifted out of there. But that's, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> as far saw, as crazy stuff goes, that's probably it. And I saw you did it. You did an Ironman about, uh, about a decade ago. 10 hours and 10 minutes, I think. Was yeah. It? Yeah. Was, I did. I've done a few of those. I, I, I grew up in Sydney. In one of the the meccas of triathlon and, and sort of sports, so so where I grew up, uh, Cronulla Triathlon Club was 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 the home of multiple subsequent world champions. So I grew up and started there. I started racing triathlons at eleven years eight, eleven years old, and, and went on to to race half Ironman and, and full Ironman. And uh, technically speaking, I've raced seven and three quarter Ironman. I didn't quite wow. finish one, but. Um, my fastest was around nine nine hours forty, and then um, and I raced all around the world. China uh, I raced the Hawaiian Ironman, which is the world championship. Yeah, yeah. It's actually on this That's weekend. I got a bunch of buddies over awesome. the Big Island. So yeah, I did that for a long time, and and eventually, I was juggling that with my acting, and I and I came here to LA five years ago, and and discovered that LA is actually amazing for triathlon training. Yeah, and decided to go back to the sport and got really, really fit and went back and raced world championships and then wondered why I wasn't getting any any response to my auditions because I was just <laughs> exhausted going to auditions. So Yeah, the number uh, of seasons in LA is one. You get yeah, like sunny. Yeah, that's you get the, 320 days a year of sunshine to go train and it's yeah. amazing. Well, I'm so excited to talk about the, you guys said the number of projects that you're in, uh, oh, which is you. incredible. And you also, your story as we were talking before mm. the show of like having to deal with a big break in auditions yeah, and all yeah. that. Uh, for people who want to be able to follow you, want to be able to plug your social media, yep. uh, it's at 
Dan, Dan McPherson. Dan McPherson. Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, as M-A-C, Dan, D-A-N-M-A-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. Awesome, awesome. And you can follow me at The Only MC for all this type of content. We have a show, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we have a show every single Monday live. You can watch on YouTube, join in the comment section. But again, follow us on iTunes, comment, rate five stars, tell your friends, all that fun yeah. kind of stuff. Talking this weekend, uh, the movie Generational Sins came out. It did indeed. It did is indeed. It, what is that like having a movie come out? Is it is it a relief knowing that it's finally out to the public? Uh, it's it's really exciting. It's really exciting to see what for something like Generational Sins was was for me over twelve months of hard or twelve months of, of work, uh, but nowhere near as much work as as guys like Spencer, the director, and Dax, mm-hmm. the writer, put in because they'd been right from the very inception of the project, which I think was a year or two before that. Uh, we actually met in March last year, so that's 18 months ago. We filmed July, August last year, and then it's been 12 months of post-production and, and getting funding for distribution and, and actually securing a release. For yeah. what, for what when I, I signed on a, a year ago, just by chance, by a chance meeting at a coffee shop in LA. Wow. You know? And that's how I came to the project, and I read the script, and I loved it. And at that time, the budget was was minuscule. Mm-hmm. I mean, the budget, the budget was probably about the same as, as, <laughs> as this tablet, you know. But 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 through word of mouth and through people that, that believe in the project and people that are passionate about what they've seen, the budget has grown, and we were able to, I mean, secure a national VOD and cinematic yeah. release for a very small independent film with a very yeah. beautiful story. But. I mean, as I said, we had a, a hometown release in um, in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania. So we went mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. We shot it around Clearfield County, which I'd never been before. And that was amazing last summer. And we went back last week and last Thursday night. We had a, um, a, a hometown premiere at Phillipsburg and, and really wanted to just thank the local community and, mm-hmm. and thank the people. But just to see the reactions for the first time of an audience. And, and I had people just coming up to me afterwards thanking me for... for Going the places I did with this character uh, struck a lot of chords mm-hmm. um, with people, particularly in that area, um, but also just shining a light on that part of the world and and the issues we did. Yeah, for certain, and it is in select theaters across the country. It is so select we'll be theaters. Able to plug yeah. that. Uh, certainly, you can find all that information online yeah. and be able to go see that. I think generationalsins.com is, yeah. the, uh, is the website. There is, you know, the certain you know genres. Obviously, mm. with generational sins, you can you know imagine that it is kind of a, a spiritual and faith based film. Yes, and that genre is. You know, filled with a lot of movies that are not, I don't, I don't know, hardcore is maybe not the correct yeah. word, but they're movies that have a line. And, yes. you know, if you're talking about faith-based things and you're talking about scripture and spirituality, yeah. you maybe stay to one side where you're not using language, you're not showing a bunch of violence and everything. Yeah. This movie kind of crosses the line a little bit. Yeah. Talk about what that was like in production. And even, like, I think that that's necessary to be able to reflect what a lot of people are feeling. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I never came to generational generational sins as a Christian film or as a faith based film. I came to it as a film, and and then as I as I read the script, there's beautiful stories, universal stories, regardless of of, of your belief and your and your passion of mm-hmm. of family and redemption mm-hmm. and the and honoring your mother and father and. And the bonds of your family and, and your genetics and your behavior and your genetics and, and things like that. So I came to it having grown up in a Baptist church, uh, through my teenage years, mm-hmm. but probably not having been to church other than Christmas or Easter yeah. for a good 10 or 15 years. Um, 
so the set itself was about making an honest, truthful movie and a truthful account of this story and these characters. And you had Christian and non-Christian cast and crew, yeah. but a lot of people were drawn to the story just because of its heart. And and it was hard not to get caught up in that message because it was a it was a beautiful shoot. It was a, it's a beautiful the beautiful characters, and there's a real beauty. And I think we might have touched on it before we even came on air. But there's a real beauty in the simplicity of this film, and, and that's what I love. And and it's not the simplicity in what has been a stereotypical faith based film previously. Like mm-hmm. you say, I mean. I swear, I mean, there's 32 F words I saw. There's 32 swear words in this yeah. film, you know. I, mean, I spent half the film drinking and smoking, you yeah. know. And, but that's the, that's the real account of, of a guy that's grown up with an alcohol, alcoholic abusive father and finds a journey back to redemption mm-hmm. in the course of this film. So if you're not, we had to go there to make it, to make yeah. it real. And people say, oh, well, it's, it's edgy or it's this or that. I come from the place of, it was just the truth. Yeah. And the truth has made a really, really nice story. Yeah, and that's the thing is a lot of the other movies maybe that have come before you're looking at, you know, God's Not Dead, War mm. Room, Fireproof. Yeah. They, you can't relate to everyone because maybe you don't take it that far. And so like you're saying, mm. that, that real life account, there are so many people who are in those situations yeah. that can now relate to this movie versus those others. 100%. 100%. Now, I've got to say that I'm coming from Australia. I'm not an aficionado with, with Christian and faith-based mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. but I know the market is huge. Yeah, in this country particularly, and in Australia, of course, as well. Um, but but I think you're absolutely right with the accessibility and the relatability that that anyone will have with this movie, you know, yeah. regardless of of whether you you have a belief or not, you know, whether, yeah, whether and, you go to church or not. I mean, you you will be able to relate to these characters. Yeah, and certainly, you know, the the mood just that's in this country right now, and, and the hate and the anger, having positive, uplifting content yeah. is is huge. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's necessary. And there's a real there's a real celebration of small town middle America where we were, and and celebrating towns and places like Central PA that have got such a rich history. Yeah. And and I loved being there, and, and just the way. These places were showcased in this film, and they, they look absolutely stunning. You know, it was it was the end of summer, coming into fall last year, and we got beautiful big aerial shots over this just stunning, stunning part of America. And 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 I loved being there, and I loved going back there. And it's and a lot of people from there were, were so happy that we we did celebrate that. And there's a real positivity to this story. Yeah, I'm from Middle America, and like yeah. sum, summertime, especially. I say, I I mean, I'm not a fan of the cold weather growing up in Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, right. But like the summertime when the leaves are changing, and it, it's nice just to be yeah. able to out and na- be out in nature. Yeah. Like that alone will be able to kind of get your mind off yeah. social media and everything else going. Well, I just on. went back. We went back for the the hometown mm-hmm. premiere last week, so I went back on Wednesday. We had Thursday there, and, and the screen was Thursday night. I flew back Friday. But living, I mean, I've been traveling. I've been traveling for six months for, for work. I just got back to LA, which is home, three weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago, and and I've you know you realize how crazy and busy LA is. I got back to back to Central PA. And I had my headphones on. I thought I'm just going to lay outside on the on the on the couch on the you know on the chair outside yeah. and overlook the, the trees and and I got, and I had music on and I was like I had to take my headphones off and just listen to the rain and oh, and, and yeah. the quiet and I fell asleep on this couch and it was it's you just miss you miss that in L A you don't get peace, that in L A the, the peace the, the that piece you of can that. get. It was it was beautiful. I loved it. Now I know I you heard a lot of stories of people when they work on like faith based films that. 
it almost changes their viewpoint or they, they maybe feel changed a little bit just yeah. being in that atmosphere and kind of involved in that genre. Did yeah. you feel that way or did you, did you notice other people on set ever, you know, change maybe? Oh, 100%. Or? 100%. I mean, I know myself and I, and, I, and I speak on behalf of a couple of other casts, but, but for me it really just opened up my dialogue with God and with what I believe and, and addressing my own faith and where I stand in my life as a, as a, of a, I was, you know, 36 at the time. I was 37 mm-hmm. now, and 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 I think for me that was that was part of the reason I was there. You know, yeah. Um, you and can get, you can get caught up in other projects, and when you're in LA, of like the work, 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 trying yeah. to do everything, and it maybe recenters you a little bit. I think you know, and also I, I love I love jobs where you're working away. So we did a, a a week in Orlando. We did five weeks in Pennsylvania, and I just love. When you're away, not only you get to focus on a role, you get to focus on a job, you get to focus on a character, but there's just there's just far less distractions. And so in this in in this shoot, because I, I didn't have friends or family or my wife come and visit, I was out there by myself, just focusing on on what was a very arduous and very um, intense character and journey for this character. But it just gave me a lot of time to, to think and reflect on the material and reflect on the character journey, and and it's. It's hard not to see whether you believe in whether your God is is God or is Jesus or mm-hmm. is Mother Nature, but it's hard not to see uh, the positivity and the beauty of that part of yeah. the world. I guess is the is the easiest way to say it. And so being out there, I mean, that said, we did a scene where it was a crescendo of the film, where where I'm standing there asking if God even exists, you know. Yeah. And literally an hour later, the spot where I was standing at this quarry, we get cracked by the biggest bolt of lightning, like from me to you wow. away. Like, and the crew and everybody was was a couple of meters away. They all saw it. Like it, it was it's it, jarring. There, there's your answer. Like it yeah. cracked. My ears were ringing. The, the ground was smoking. I was meters away from getting zapped by the biggest bolt of lightning yeah. in Pennsylvania. And it's like, well, it's, you can believe in coincidence or, or you can believe in something bigger, yeah. but, you know, it's, yeah, it's, all, it's up to you. Yeah, but, yeah. and, like, yeah, I mean, you're not the only one. Again, I, you mm-hmm. know, read stories like Denzel Washington when, when he's been on um, The Book of Eli and, mm. like, just the, the mood around that yeah. uh, movie and other actors uh, working on yeah. faith-based films as well, which is incredible. Yeah. I know Mel Gibson and, and Jim Caviezel. Cav- 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 Caviezel. Caviezel, thank you. Yeah, yeah, on the I passion. mean, they talk a lot about the passion and, and they would spend a lot of time in prayer at the start of the day and yeah. – and, and, you know, they, they went with a deep commitment, but also I think when you're playing Christ, I mean, yeah. probably you, you, <laughs> you want to have a good chat upstairs to make sure you, you're doing it right. But well, yeah, this is just one of many films, uh, and stuff that you're working on. I want to mm. maybe go back to maybe the mm. beginning of acting. When did you yeah. kind of know, you know, was it growing up in Australia? What led you to want to be an actor? I know you've yeah. also done TV presenting as well. Yeah. I, um, I, I was, it's the craziest story, and I still it gets crazier the more I think about it. But 20 years ago, I was 16 years old. I was a, tri- a junior triathlete in Sydney, and and I got chickenpox and I got glandular fever one after the other. So I was just I was sick and I couldn't train. And but I loved triathlon and sports so much that I that I went and worked at a local triathlon. And I was I was paired up uh, with another another guy, and we went out to direct the cyclists, and we were officials mm-hmm. out on the bike course. And it turns out he was an acting manager, and he said, "Have you ever thought about acting or, or modelling or anything like that?" And I was like, "Don't be stupid, don't do No, no way. And I was—I mean, I had like long blonde, surfy hair. I was, you know, I was straight out of the surf. And, yeah. 
And, uh, and, and I said no, and I'd, I'd never followed it up, but he rang my parents three weeks later and said, look, I met your son. He, would you be interested in, in letting him start some acting training? And so what did he say? What it was? Was it your personality? What it was? Maybe. I, I don't know. We never really discussed it. He just said, look, I saw something in you, and we got chatting, and, and you know, I wanted to, to, to meet you and come in and meet meet his team so his i went in and, and i read an audition scene for uh for neighbors which is an australian soap mm-hmm, opera which mm-hmm. everyone has done in, in australia um and and i was bad i was terrible and I, they went oh he's very he's very raw was green, the word yeah green, green. Yeah. very raw which is basically another word for just saying you're terrible thanks for that backhand thank yeah. you um but so i started doing acting classes after school so anyway i got my first job which was on neighbors um the night before my second last HSC, HSC exams, like my SATs, my mm-hmm. final high school exams. And so at 17, I packed up my car with my dad and we drove to Melbourne, which is um, 600 miles from, from yeah. Sydney. And, uh, and I moved to Melbourne and started started on Neighbours, play, playing a young triathlete surfer from Sydney. Um, uh, and I was living with my agent's sister and, and just like, yeah, it was just straight out of school. I was 17, you know, I... Is it crazy no. to look back now and to like see how you started to where you are now? Like how wild oh, 100%. is that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I feel like I've taken. I feel like where I am now is is the beginning phase of a or the big beginning part of a new phase of my career, and it feels like I'm just starting out still. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre to think I've been doing something in the entertainment industry, mostly in Australia, for for twenty years. Um, what is the yeah. you know that for people who don't know, what is the entertainment? Uh, and acting world like in Australia oh, you know what? It's, versus it's, America. It's, it's, look, it's still pretty big. It's it's very concentrated. We have, uh, say, five free-to-air networks and another another couple of, of cable networks, but mm-hmm. we, do a, we have a big quota of Australian drama. So we have two main soap operas, uh, and then there's, you know, there's a lot of shows to work on from comedy to, to drama, and, and depending on which network you work with, um, there's the style and the, and the genre of the drama will change. Mm-hmm. We don't have as healthy a film industry, I don't think. I mean, mm-hmm. that that goes through peaks and troughs, but but we have great studio setups there as well. So we have um, a lot of a lot of US and international film shooting in Australia yeah. using Australian cast and crew, which is great. So we have, we have a very very um, very healthy industry, but on a on a very minute scale compared to, to, say, here in the U.S. At that, you know, pace, is the goal always maybe for an Australian actor to eventually move to the U.S. or to be able to move other yeah, places? Yeah, I think so. And it depends on the actor. You know, a lot of a lot of people are very happy to... I mean, and also we have a great theatre culture in Australia, yeah. too. So Melbourne, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. In fact, countrywide, we have a great, a great theatre, theatre and musical mm-hmm. theatre culture. So it depends on the actor. You know, a lot of people come here to the U.S. and it's not for them and it is hard and it's... And you're leaving behind friends and family and home and everything you've known. And also, I mean, both, and also for my wife and I, who are both acting, we were leaving behind very healthy careers to come here as well. So there was a risk involved in that, um, which we took. And, and, and that was, you know, a big question mark. You question yourselves going, have we wasted, have we wasted years of our careers? So, um, but yeah, I think for a lot of, of actors, directors, filmmakers, writers, um, LA is, is now, is now the goal, the, the pinnacle. Well, you've even moved around. You know, I think you were in kind of the UK shooting as well, yeah, right? Did, did, yeah. It, it seems like it's taken you a lot of places. Yeah, it has. It's been amazing. I mean, even in the last two years, I've been in a lot of places. But but I because I never went to drama school, uh, and Neighbours, the soap opera that I started on, was so big uh, in the UK. Mm-hmm. I moved to the UK to do theatre and musical theatre to learn how to act, basically. Mm-hmm. So I, I got told 
by the producers of Neighbours that I wasn't good enough to leave mm-hmm. and that I should stay and uh, and work on my acting before I go out into the big world because I'm not going to get a job, which was enough for me to go, see you guys, I'm out of here. You know, I'm what, I was going to say, what, what is your thought when you hear yeah. that? You, you, it's like... Yeah, you try not to take it as an insult, but is it is it challenge? Is that a challenge? Well, you take that as a challenge. 100%. I mean, someone who is an athlete growing up, you hear someone say that That's you it. can't do something. That's exactly right, and that that is still part of my psyche today. I mean, you you at that time as a twenty one year old athlete, Ironman athlete, and they're saying, "Oh, you can't do this. You're not good enough." No, that that's and I still watch me. Yeah, and I still think that that mentality is something that's got me through to this point in my career, and it's still something that. That that I've I've never lost, you know, and and that kind of positivity. I'm grateful that I've I've had great family support. I've always I'm the oldest. I've got a, a younger brother and a sister, and I've always had great support from my my parents and 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 also I guess just always. I want to say I've never wavered in my self belief because there's times where you go, no, I, I mean I'm a really really, you know, there's, there's that mm-hmm. self doubt where you where you it's. It, I think it's human, and particularly yeah. in actors or in artists, you know, the self doubt is, is a huge part of it. But, but that self belief, I think, is what's got me here to, to you know, twenty years later to still be here and still feel like I'm at the beginning of my journey. What does it take to be able to, you know, make those moves? Because they're not small moves. I mean, even though you know, you're talking the move from Sydney to Melbourne, six hundred miles. You know, yeah. you're still in Australia. It's not as big. Yeah. But to be able to to make the move to the UK, to be able to make the move here. What thought process kind of builds up to that move of convincing yourself or yeah. being able to tell yourself you can do it? Um, I I remember the day. I remember it was six months into. I remember it was six months into Neighbours, and I I mean I'd never acted before. I'd never been on TV before. I'd never been on a set before. I'd never lived out of home, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of first times. But I still remember six months in turning around and having that realize realization of going, oh, I did that. Oh, hang on! I've I've done it. I I I started a job. I moved. I'm on moved cities. I'm on telly. I, oh, I, I I can do this. Oh, hang on! If I can do that, well, what's next? Let's just keep raising the bar and and and, and challenging myself. And and it was I guess my whole career has been a, a series of setting challenges and growing to achieve them. And when suddenly you get there and you take stock and you realize how much you've grown and you've learnt and you've changed. That you kind of look around and go, okay, right. Okay, what's the next one? And, and there's an exhaustion that comes with that, mm-hmm. and the, and you need to take stock and take respite and rest, and because otherwise you just burn yourself out. But but for me, it's it's been twenty years of, of I guess doing that, and that's even where hosting and live television came in because that was going off and doing. I hosted uh, Australian versions mm-hmm. of X Factor and Dancing, Dancing with, the with the Stars. And yeah, Dancing with the Stars is one night a week in Australia, two and a half hours live. And I was like, well, and I was doing a, a, a drama, a police drama at the time for the same network. And so to go out and go, all right, I'm going to go and be the lead in a cop show and host a dancing show. Like what? Like who does that? <laughs> all right, give me a chance. You know, yeah. give me a crack. And that was, that was just how it led that way. You know, you're talking about the, the doubt that comes mm. with being an actor and you be able to, to be able to make that, make those yeah. moves or just be able to get roles. Talk about what that is like as an actor. You know, to you never really know where you could be in a year no. or two, or no. what the next project could be. No, has there been a time where you really were facing doubt and questioning, man, what what am I going to do, or do I want to oh, stay totally. in this? Yeah, totally. Um, I know you've been saying like before you got generational sins. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably hadn't worked. I hadn't worked for at least a year leading to that, but I think. 
also going back to the athletic thing, coming back from a from coming from a sporting background, you work for six months to do a race where you go from point A to point B in X amount of time. And X is a finite unit of measurement. And you can go, I spent six months of my life, six months of my life devoted to this sport and this training. And an Ironman took me nine hours and 40 minutes. And that, that's what I've got to show for it. Mm-hmm. You can work your butt off for six months and go and do a movie. And someone watches it and goes, mm, didn't really like it. Didn't think that was good. Didn't think it was that great. And it's so having, not having that finite unit of measurement really, I struggled with for a long time. And then, and then also I got by without ever studying acting for a long time. And, and I got to a point in my career a couple of years ago, actually only probably not before, long before Generational Sins, where I looked around at all my mates and all the guys I'd grown up with who were similar to yourself, who were actors, musicians, sports people, mm-hmm. particularly athletes and triathletes. And they'd focused on one thing in their entire life and they'd got at age 35, 36, were at the pinnacle of their career. And I kind of looked at myself and was like, well, I'm doing a lot of stuff that I really enjoy and I'm really proud of, but it's time now to pick that one thing and mm-hmm. try and excel at that. So for me, three years ago, I made the decision to, to really knuckle down and do that. But but I'd been in LA for a couple of years by that point and I was just mucking around. So I, I kind of, when you don't work for a long time and you don't, you're not getting success with audition. And, and also there's there's just that layer of, 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 Agents, managers, publicists, casting agents, acting coaches. Like there's a there's a there's a ladder of, yeah. of people that between you and getting on set. And for me, I just had to go back and work harder. And it was like I'm going to go and find the best acting coaches I can. I'm going to find the best dialect coaches that I can. And also, I've spent 25 or 20 years of my life training to get skinny to be a triathlete. When all of my roles that are coming for me are navy seals or soldiers yeah so go and put on all that so so hang on a second when you look at chris hemsworth jai courtney all the all the Mm. other aussie guys that are over here doing it yeah the size of them so i was okay so i had three years ago i was like okay two years ago a bit longer maybe three i was like i've got to change my life to succeed in in this world so or in this industry and in, in when i said this world in in la world so and and not long after making all those changes and identifying what they needed to be, things started rolling and things started happening. And were you turning yeah. down other jobs then to be able to to keep that focus? Yeah, I, I was. If, how I mean, how hard is that? That was the like hardest work? bit. I mean, I, I literally that, that's where the doubt comes in. So in a, and I hope oh, a bit of, I'll be a bit careful, but I'm not be too careful. But I turned down Dancing with the Stars. I turned down X Factor, Australia's Got Talent, Survivor. I mean, I t- turned down every Australian hosting job. In, in Australia over the course of a, you know, three or four years. And that's, you know, it's, it's survived. That pays the way for my yeah. wife and I to live in LA for, for the year, you know, if, if you get a good one. Yeah. Uh, I turned down lots of Australian television just to, to continue to stay here and, and stay on my course. And I, the only way I can liken it to coming to America and, and succeeding in this market is it was kind of like swimming or paddling a small boat from Australia to America. And for, most of the time, you can't see either either coast, and you don't know where you are, and you don't know if you're making headway, and you don't know if you're getting any closer to your goal or any any further from where you've been, mm-hmm. and you don't know if you should just turn around and paddle back because that's the only thing you know. Yeah. And for probably two years, I, I, you know, we sat and 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 kind of scratched my head and go, I'm, I'm, "Why am I doing this?" Because my career in Australia is is shriveling up, 
and, and dissipating because I'm not working back there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, they don't seem to be making any headway here. So there was just I, I just had to keep working harder and and I guess take that view of how do you all right what's not working what's not clicking like I'm here but I'm, I'm okay so I'm getting the auditions mm-hmm. and the accent accent is now really good and all these things like what else do I have to do okay so I just you've got to kind of I find as a as a an actor you have to be able to, to have a look at yourself and take stock of what your strengths and your weaknesses are and how you're being perceived and the roles you're going for and and if all else fails, go and write yourself a great script. You know? Yeah, you know? especially nowadays. Yeah. I mean, that's what so many people are doing, just to be able to get their foot in the door and to be able to show yeah. that you can do more than just act. Exactly right. Exactly right. I think that's, you know, in talking with a lot of friends who are actors, that's something that is hard because you go into these auditions and then there's so many people who look exactly like you. Yeah. All going for this one position, and you know, like the movie La La Land, yep. where she Isn't goes that in. Scene amazing. What, what was your thoughts watching that scene? Uh, do, you, do you relate back to individual uh, oh, 100%, stories? Hundred percent. I mean, those the times where you walk into an audition and you think, "Yeah, this is my role. I got this. I got to take on a character." And yeah. you walk in, and there are twenty guys that look exactly the same as you. Except they're taller, better looking, got better muscles. <laughs> now, that guy's beard's way better than mine. They're at, I mean, literally, you're going, yep, yep, yep. Oh, okay. And you've just got to trust, you've just got to trust that whatever you have, whatever the reason is that you have got this audition and you have, the reason that you're there is enough for you to be there, if that makes sense. You've got to trust in what you've got, you know? Yeah, they brought you there for a reason. You're there for a reason. They've, your, your agent, your casting agent, someone has seen something in you that they want to see more of. And they don't want you to be more like this guy or that guy or that guy. And if they do that, they might tell you. But they're, they're there to see you. And it took me a long time to to learn that lesson. Especially coming from, like you're saying, that's maybe something that they can talk about in acting school. Mm. Or if you maybe grow up trying to be an actor, you maybe learn that. Yeah. But as someone who, you know, didn't, is kind of, you know, you can see it, who's kind of new to acting or trying to get into it, that. Everyone faces that at some point. That, yes. That, that wall. Yes. And you've just got to you've got to trust trust your stuff. I think the easiest way to put it in layman's terms would be if any any singing show that's on on television right now, if any one of those let's say let's say that the voice is on now, if any one of those artists came on and 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 tried singing in the style of Pink, Eddie Vedder, Rihanna, whoever, yeah. they go, hang on, hang on, we don't want to, we want to, what's your voice? Yeah. And they go, oh, and, but, and, and it's the uniqueness of each of those artists and those voices that make those shows a success. And I think it's the same with acting. You have to trust that what you have is, is unique enough. And also work out what makes you unique. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, work at that. And it's amazing hearing someone like yourself who has obviously achieved, you know, all this great success to be able to say that because it proves for everyone else in the room that everyone yeah. else is having the same thoughts as you. Yeah, 100%. You're you're the one who's looking and saying, "Oh, the the better hair, the better muscles, the yeah, you yeah. know, more talented, more yeah. uh, you know, roles that they've had." Totally. And they're looking at you saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I hope so. Who's this short Australian <laughs> guy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um but yeah, I, for me it was it was just always you've got to block that stuff out, you know, and it's so easy to get it's so easy to get overawed by that, you know, and, and you know, a nice example of that was, was you know, doing Generational Sins, which we did for, for a minuscule budget, but with a mm-hmm. lot of heart, with a great script, small crew, and, and it was one of the highlights, literally, of my career, you know, and I loved, I loved the, yeah. the passion that went into this, this film, and, and it was one of the performances I'm most proud of in my career. 
the job I went to after this was a film called A Wrinkle in Time, yeah, which is 100 and, 103, 103 these million days. Million dollar budget. Now I did a, I did I, I'm a tiny role in this film, tiny, and I didn't have much to do. So, but the fact that I even get mentioned in the bre- the same breath with the people who are in this film is is an honor. But what I what I did learn to you know to go from generational sins to a film that is a hundred and something, probably two hundred and something it times its budget. Yeah. No matter no matter what, it still came down to the relationship between the two people in the scene looking at each other, having a conversation, regardless of the size of the trucks, the lighting, hmm. the catering, you name it. It came down to a father and son having a chat in the same way that Generational Sins came down to two brothers having a chat. You know, yeah. it's still the same. It's still the same. That's amazing. Like it's still, at, you got to get that yeah. at its heart. That's what acting is. It's still the same thing. And that's incredible because, yeah. like you said, uh, in that movie, you know, the father and son, because you play Calvin's father yes. in A Wrinkle in Time. Yes. What, what was that like being on that set? I mean, I got to yeah. say, the, one of the one of the books that I loved as a mm. child was A Wrinkle in Time. Yeah. Read the book, loved it. My mom was like, you need to read this book. And, of course, as a child, you're like, but do I really need to read? Yeah. Like, do I really yeah. need? Yes, you need to read this book. Yeah. It was one of my favorites, she said, and I she made me read it, and I loved it. Yeah. It's such a unique I've heard, story. Oh, totally. Totally. And I've had so many people stop me or so many people you know, in the last couple of weeks see that the, that, that, that film is on my on my resume and on my bio and go, oh, you were, you're on that. And obviously that book has, has had such an impact on so many lives uh, mm-hmm. over the years. It's, 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 it's an honor to be a part of it. Like I said, I was, I was a really small part. I was a tiny cog in a massive film, but I, but I got to be... I got to go and experience Stop selling yourself that. Short. You're selling well, yourself I am, short but, again. But you know, but by the same token, you know, it was, you know, I got to work with Ava DuVernay, and she's amazing. And I got to work with one of the most experienced uh, veteran film crews. I mean, the, the brilliance that was on that crew that day yeah. is not unlike this room. No, no, it, no. It was, it was. They were, they were. <laughs> I mean, the cameras, lighting. I mean, they were, they were just. It was. It was an honor to me for me to stand on that set and work with those people, knowing what they've done and what they will go on to do. Mm-hmm. And in terms of inspiration for me to go away and go, right, I, that's the level I want to work. In terms of challenges, I walked away from that, going, I want to do that again, you know. And that was that was quite acceptable. Do you see that being one of the one of the biggest films of twenty comes out in twenty eighteen? Do you see that being one oh, of the biggest? Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, you, gonna... you look at that cast. I think also you look at Oprah, the cast. Oprah's in there too. Mindy Chris, Kaling, yeah, Reese Witherspoon, yeah, Reese Witherspoon, Zach Galifianakis, yeah, the, the, Michael Pena. I mean, it's yeah, this guy named Daniel McPherson, little guy, yeah, and you know, and then I think the leads. I mean, the leads are all youngsters, but there's a young Australian uh, Levi Miller is a young Australian mm-hmm. actor, and, and I think Storm Reid is the yep. is the lead the lead in the film and I think come 2018 people are going to want a film like this to go and enjoy and be taken to a whole different world because I, I feel like I mean that's what film filmmaking is and filmmaking that- is escapism and you talk about positive stories and, and, and things like that I think I mean, there's a there's a lot going on, but I think people are going to go and watch two hours of an Ava, Ava DuVernay film, Disney film, mm-hmm. and be blown away. And I think that's going to make it uh, one of the biggest films of the year for sure. That is, you're saying it's another positive content yeah. film. I mean, for Disney to be able to put their their brand and name behind it, yeah. you know, it's obviously going to be good. And the budget that they're throwing at yeah. it, they're, they're not the uh, yeah. you know spending a couple cents on this movie. No. And I think. It, the positive message about that and the relationships that are shown there are yeah. equally as important. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. And I think also, 
I mean, I don't want to get on to politics or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I think in this day and age, and, and particularly in the in the in the social fabric and everything that's happening in America right now, there's never been a more important time for for artists and voices and films and music and 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 that kind of in television in that kind of escapism, you know, where people want to go and switch off for an hour and a half or switch off for two hours or go and watch three episodes of their favorite show because I think it's important for us as yeah. humans to, to be inspired and, and get taken out of, of you know, the, 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 the yeah. toughness of whatever to, your daily life is. To, to get off this thing right here for a couple hours oh, in a day man. and be like, right. there's so much more world beyond the Twitter right. Twitterverse and Facebook and everything else. Yep, yep. You're speaking of the amazing, you know, cast and crew that you're working on with that mm. movie. As an actor, you try to learn things from them to try to pick things up when you're on the set and you're yeah. working with you know people that maybe you've looked up to or you've heard about and have won so many awards do you try to yeah. learn stuff from them every time oh absolutely i mean as i think you have to you know and that is part of that's part of the the escalation that's part of your job and part of your journey as, as an actor you've got to if you and not just i mean that sounds so silly just saying as an actor but but you've got to keep learning and growing if you want to mm-hmm. keep working in, in anything you know and and unlike unlike most other professions, there's nowhere to teach you most of the stuff you do on set. You know, there's nowhere to teach you. I mean, I was I, we were doing a speedboat chase in Croatia two two weeks ago for Strike Back. You know, and and you've got three cameras in a in a thousand horsepower speedboat next to us. We're riding us. We're in a speedboat with two guys in other boats who were who done James Bond movies, stunt drivers, yeah. shooting at us. We're shooting back at them. Wow. I mean, there's no school to tell you actually don't. <laughs> you know, like, but you've got like, okay, wait. You know that they're not going to be able to use that shot until that camera boat is right next to you because there's something else in shot and they're not going to be use it. So you've got to wait. So somehow in the middle of a scene when you've got your your dialogue and you're driving a boat with your mate in the boat who's yelling dialogue at you and you've got live weapons and you still need that kind of sense to know, wait, wait, wait till that B camera's around further because otherwise the shot's not usable. I mean, they don't teach that stuff. And so that's stuff you've got to learn by talking to your DP and talking to your focus puller Mm -hmm. and getting in and talking to your director. And, And over the course of many, many years, hopefully people and creatives that you get to work with will share their expertise because that's the only way you learn. And also when you're working particularly on a film set, you, the the thing that keeps me coming back is collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no point there's no point in in being a quarterback of a team and having no one to throw the ball to or no one that wants to catch a ball that you throw into them. You know, you, it's got to be a collaboration. I love that. And and that's that's what I love about it. And particularly on small films where you have the freedom of that collaboration, like on Jen Sins. And actually, one thing that you have which is why something like Wrinkle was so special and mm-hmm. someone like Ava is so special because you have that on that as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times so that gets stubbed out on a, on a film of the size of or a budget of mm-hmm. a Wrinkle, you know. Um, but that keeps me coming back. But to do that, you have to understand and respect everybody's job mm-hmm. and, and, and every part of the crew's job and every part and uh, of the machine that is a filmmaking machine and know exactly where your, where your part is in the machine. You know, and and I think that if you the sooner you learn that, and the sooner you understand whatever everybody else is doing on that set, and and to be fair, most I mean, it's in, in, it sounds very crude to say it this way, and I think a lot of actors would, would probably benefit by by knowing that 
everybody's job is to make us look good. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like no one's trying to make you look bad. It's in yeah. everybody's best interest yeah. to make everything on screen look as good as it can be, you know? Yeah, trying to, um, to make someone look bad is like rooting for the pilot to crash on a exactly plane that you're right, on. Exactly right, you know? And so, so sometimes I think actors don't do themselves any favors there, but the sooner you, I figure the sooner you, you, you learn your part uh, and how your part fits in the in the machine. The machine runs smoother. The results are better, and, and your experience and your work is better. And that is a lesson again, not just for acting. That's a lesson just for society in general. Yeah. No matter what yeah. job you're in, if you're looking at, you know, the the people that are working next to you and trying to compare yourself and be like, no, build each other up, and yeah. everyone will flourish. Yeah. Yep, yeah, lesson, I agree. Lesson for you, America. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and ever that could go everywhere. That could go across across borders. That one, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what drives you as an actor? You know, to be able to make the move to the U.S. to constantly be able to to want more. What drives you to do better, to get wow. better, to advance yourself? I think on a on a personal level, I would. I would feel disappointed if I never got to see how good I could be. I would never, if I never gave it absolutely everything I could, pardon me, to see what my potential was. And I would say my God-given potential. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I've got to keep writing that as far as I can. And and while the doors keep opening, uh, then, then I've got to keep going for it, you know? And... And the more, the more I dig into it, the more I learn, the more, I want to say success, but, but success has been a byproduct of learning my craft a lot better than I used to and, and working a lot harder than I used to on my work. So success hasn't been, been luck in that regard. Yeah. It's been, it's been part of a plan to, to get to where I want to go. Um, but with that has come the most satisfying time in my career. Because the work I'm doing is is is, is something I could never have dreamed of mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, working with with better better people, better writers, exploring, discovering things in myself that I never never knew existed, uh, and then from there going, well, I want to I want to do that against the best of the best now. Mm-hmm. Because so 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 I guess that drives me wanting to. The, the more I grow, the more I improve. Even at you know, 37, having been doing it two years, like 20, 20 years, you know, I still feel like in the last two years I've, I've grown more than I have in, in the previous 18. Yeah. And you kind of go, well, I want to see how far I can take this. I, I think I'm a natural storyteller, you may have, <laughs> may have noticed. But, but just you want to keep working with the best and against the best and, and alongside the best and, and see – how far and how, how good you can get, I guess. Yeah, and I, you yeah. know, the the question that I they always follow up with that is, what is your definition of success? You know, having worked on the projects and, you know, especially coming off this like faith based film and family mm. and all that, especially in Wrinkle in Time, what do you consider your definition to be of success in the industry or for yourself? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it would be that it would be that success for me would be that I achieved what I believed was my potential. Hmm. And the thing with potential is, I guess you, the more you uncover, the more you can, the more, the more there may be, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's probably never an end, never fulfilling, never, you know, prophecy there, you know. But, but I think for me it would be, yeah, it would be to to, to achieve what I believe I'm, I'm capable of, and I just 
I mean, there's there's a part of me too that would. Uh, it's really nice when people turn around and go, "Hey, that was amazing, and that changed my life, and and that really, that really, really touched me in some way." And so, doing something like Jen Sins and, and meeting a whole bunch of people firsthand last week who were in tears at the end of a film, t- telling stories like that, telling stories that that affect people and making a difference. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Um, it's pretty special. Yeah. To, to be able to do that, as a, you know, a responsibility that comes with that, but but it, there's that comes with you know, great stories and, and, and truthful storytelling, and and that's something that I that I really like, you know. Yeah. And well, yeah. yeah, well, you've certainly done that, you know, in the in the movies and uh, you know talking about generational sins and obviously the other shows that you know yeah. even Strike Back on Cinemax. Yeah. Uh, APB and yeah. you know certainly a wrinkle in time coming out next year, yeah. which I know a lot of people are looking forward to. And uh, if you want, uh, follow Generational Sins, Facebook.com, backslash Generational Sins, and Jensen's Movie on Twitter. That's it for the serious questions, but oh, I man. always have like a fun kind of thing to kind of kind of come cool. out of it. And so, oh man, this has been fun anyway. Yeah, it's been well, great. <laughs> I'm happy now. See, now I push you to the test. See, you right. knew everything else, so now. The game today is true or false on Australia laws. Oh, they're like, they're like crazy laws that every okay. country has. <laughs> so we're gonna push you to the test. All right, uh, with true or false going on here. Okay. So, all right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Bars are required to feed and stable horses in Australia. Bars are required to feed and stable horses in Australia. I would say that's false. That would be true. <laughs> that's an old law that was never amended. What? I don't know how many people ride bar, wow. ride horses to yeah. bars anymore. Wow. I didn't, okay, good. Number two, it's illegal to sell and eat kangaroo meat. Oh, no, no, it's, that's very legal. That uh, It's illegal, so it would be false. So it's false. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's legal. Yeah, have, you, we, have you eaten it a lot? Yeah, well, not what's a lot. It, but what's it's, it taste like? Uh, it's kind of like a gamey... Steak, like it's a bit, it's a, it's a bit a richer kind of steak. Do you season yeah. it. Yeah, you need to. You need to season it. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not my favorite meat. I'll be honest, you know. But, uh, <laughs> Tastes like chicken, but it's rich in iron and stuff like that. All right, uh, it is illegal to walk on the right hand side of a footpath. Uh, false. It's true. No, what? Because that, well, I, it's weird because obviously in America you always walk on the yes. right-hand side. But everything, cars and stuff like that. Yes, we're, we drive on the left. But I just feel it's, like... That's never enforced. But I just but feel it's... like we're... I mean, we're so useless. We just walk everywhere. We zigzag. We're terrible. Yeah. We'd never survive in New York. Uh, it's illegal to ask a person if their father is a criminal. <laughs> I think that's true. I guess it has to be true because I can't make something <laughs> like that up. No, it's true because it comes from our convict days, right? Really? I think it comes from when we were... Cause, I mean, the... In 1788, and the first fleets came out, they started bringing out fleets of convicts. So I'm sure that's true because you couldn't judge someone by what their, your father had done. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. Final I mean, question. Everyone was criminals. Final <laughs> question. It's illegal to sell a vehicle after two o'clock on Sundays. That actually sounds true. That's false. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's like it's an old English you, law. You never know about these. How wild yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. We're, we're crazy. We're crazy cats out there. Well, I, it sounds like it from the you know the adventures <laughs> that you have and the Iron Mans and everything else. 
yeah. thank you so uh, much pleasure, man. for Thanks. coming on. Again, for people who want to be able to follow you on Twitter, on yeah. Facebook. Uh, Twitter, on Twitter and, and Instagram. Instagram. We had a little Facebook chat. I'll get on Facebook eventually. Uh, at Dan McPherson. Uh, D-A-N-M-A-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. Absolutely. And check out Generational Sins playing in a theater near you. Be able to go research that. Beautiful. Thank you guys again for joining us on another Ooh. episode of I Could Never Be. I'm your host, Michael Klaus. You can follow me at the only MC. Thank you for everyone joining us live on YouTube, for everyone on iTunes. Rate us, give us five stars, comment, tell your friends. We'd love to be able to spread positivity in a world that needs it so much. Hope you guys learned a lot. Hopefully, if you're an actor, you felt inspired. If not, you felt motivated, no matter what you are doing, to be a better person. We'll see you next time. Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire report talking the views expressed here are those of the host only, not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its own superintendents.